Most people are aware of how credit scores work. You need to purchase something, you're going to need to have good credit to get the best interest rate. But are you aware that there's also a system in place for businesses, a system to rate them on how well they manage their environmental concerns, the social concerns, as well as their governance concerns. And to take that a step further, are you aware that CEOs at companies like Bud Light and Target and North Face are looking at a corporate equality index known as a CEI that's giving them a score based upon how pro-LGBTQ plus they are. And it's a lobbying group from the human rights campaign that's getting these companies to comply with these progressive policies. If you're not aware of it, you'll be aware of it by the end of my show. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, Bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I am your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. You can go to www.americaoutloud.com where you can check out all of the work from my colleagues, as well as go to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find that app anywhere that you'd like to use your mobile device or your computer in order to hear the 24-7 programming if you don't want to stream through the interwebs. And you can also download this podcast and all other podcasts from the network on all of your favorite podcast networks. As we begin today's show, I was talking about the social credit system. But before I get into all of that, I just want to let you know, I would love to hear more from the people that are listening to this show. If you're listening to the show, drop me some type of line. Uh, just give me like a little bit of a uh, listened on the Twitter page or on the America Out Loud page, or give me a rating on the podcast network that you're listening to. All of those things just help support the show and let me know that you are out there and listening and that I'm not in my own little echo chamber sitting here. It's been a little quiet the past couple days. Uh, so I'd like to uh, hear from people, make sure that I know you like the content that I'm putting out there. Now, I was talking about how corporations have a credit score now, just as you and I have a credit score. But for corporations, there's an incentive for them from their investors, such as BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street Corporation. And most of those companies, uh, they own up to 5% of most other companies. And so if people are not doing what they're supposed to be doing for their social credit score, they could lose some of that money. Now, you might be looking at places like Bud Light. Now, Bud Light has lost billions of dollars since the Dylan Mulvaney advertisement. When I say billions of dollars, that's not even close to an exaggeration at this point in time. I believe uh, if we were to look at the numbers of you know how much they've, they are down, uh, it's $22 billion that they've lost. 
And you can see it if you look at the uh, six month uh, charts, everything is tanking for Bud Light since Dylan Mulvaney. So why did they do it? And Target, right? Uh, I wanted to get into the percentage. Target tried to defend what they were doing by saying, you know, the reason why there's the tuck, uh, better tuck bathing suits and the line of pride wear that they're putting out is because there's demand for it. Is there, is there that many people that identify as being transgender shopping at Target to sell all of that clothing? I don't believe so. I'm going to go through a little bit of numbers for you. So if we look at the people that are identifying as transgender, the first thing that really stood out to me right now is that if you go to the age groups, 18 to 24 years old are the most likely to identify as transgender. In fact, it accounts for about 70% of the transgender population. When you get into older generations, age 65 and older, uh, that identify as transgender, it's a much lower, much lower percentage. And the total population, uh, less than 0.5% identify as transgender over the age of 65. So this is a recent trend, but is there enough for all these targets throughout the United States to sell the pride wear? Well, the numbers just don't add up unless you're in certain states. See, in the United States, there's a total of 1.6 million people who identify as transgender. But the states that have the highest population of transgender are Hawaii, California, Georgia, and New Mexico. Those four states have almost all of the majority of transgender population, counting for about 80% of that total population. Then you get into states like Texas, Florida, and California. They certainly do have a higher population because of how large their states are, but it's still totaling only about 100,000 to 218,000 when you get into a state uh, such as California. So the four states, Hawaii, California, Georgia, and New Mexico, maybe the targets there might have some people walking in buying the clothing. But when you get outside of that, the demand is not there. So why are all these companies deciding that they're going to put this type of clothing on the shelves? Why are they risking, you know, and, and here's the, the problem with it. Okay. Before I get into the social credit stuff and how the businesses make their money, the reason why people are upset about it is not because people are part of LGBTQ. It's not to erase LGBTQ from the conversation whatsoever. The reason why people are upset is because this clothing in Target has been placed alongside little kid stuff, which they're saying is encouraging very young children to be transgender when most young children have no idea what that means, which means it is the parents that are forcing that into their children's ideals. And take it a step further, unless there's only one bathing suit for sale, it also means that the supply demand is being overly supplied to create a demand into the future that's currently not there as well. Why is that happening? 
Okay, now that you understand that my argument is not to erase LGBTQ plus people in any way, shape, or form, I believe we need to love LGBTQ plus people just as we love all of our neighbors. And anybody who's taking the hateful approach in this conversation, you're not a friend of mine and you're not part of being a bold American because a bold American can find love even in things that they disagree with even in things that they misunderstand, even in things that make them uncomfortable. We should be able to find that. And if you're a Christian person, we would call that finding the face of Christ in another person, even when they're different from ourselves, right? All right, so why is it that these uh, corporations are all going this route? You know, Bud Light sales are down 30%, as I was saying, $22 billion at this point in time. Well, all these brands like the LA Dodgers that I talked about on Friday, the North Face, having the drag queen in the Summer of Pride campaign, we also, I believe, spoke with that as well. Um, all of this is because there is incentives for the CEOs of this company, of these companies now, to uh, support the methods in order to get more funding. They're getting forced into the system to get their bonuses into the future, their CEOs and everybody else. It's called ethical investing. And so the endorsements to fringe people like Dylan Mulvaney is simply because they know that while it might wipe off billions of dollars, it's going to help all the rest of their funding for all their brands because of what these people on the progressive left are pushing out. And there are people that are running for president right now, uh, like Vivek Ramaswamy, who has talked about this. He, he went into the New York Post and he said, if company executives don't go along with it, they could see their compensation cut or their bonuses disappear and the chance of further investment from the big three funds could go away. Oh, no, we can't have your funding go away uh, simply because you're trying to go to something that is a statistical anomaly within society now it's not to say hey you know what people shouldn't have a choice for clothing they shouldn't have places but why is this so far into people's faces at this point in time well it's because of the cei now there's a, a food service index company called sedexo sedexo provides food to a ton of different places uh, as well as uh, catholic schools which ironically which you're going to hear in just a few moments uh in the public school systems etc well that is one of the top corporations for a cei score they received a 100 a perfect score and they said that the reason why they did so was because they had an adoption of the pro-human approach, ensuring that we honor the distinct cultural and social identities of our team members. And they continued on as an out leader and executive pro sponsor of LGBTQ plus and ally community pride. I'm proud the HRC recognized Sedexo as one of the best places to work and demonstrates that our teams are safe, valued, and encouraged to bring their authentic selves to work. Look, I, I 100% agree that somebody has the right to go to a place where they're not discriminated against, right to go to a place that is friendly to who they are. Absolutely. But when this starts going and pushing towards uh, people uh, such as young people to accept 
and to educate. And it's kind of in a spot where I start to wonder what is really going on. So what is the Human Rights Campaign Foundation? Well, the basically, the Human Rights Campaign Foundation is a index that's a national benchmarking tool to give you corporate policies, the practices and benefits pertinent to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer employees. So this basically is kind of like a, a spot where you would go to say, hey, is this place where I'm considering working going to be friendly to me? Should I find myself to be part of one of those uh, communities? And at the about face, that sounds really uh calm, tame, and sounds like something that anybody could get behind, right? You don't want to go work for a place that would be hateful. And so at this point in time, the uh, CEI has listed 842 places as best places to work for LGBTQ plus equality. Now, businesses want to get on to that list. There are 152 American law magazine, 200 law firms actively participating in the CEI. There are 379 Fortune 500 employers that are part of that 842. There are 138 companies that are newly rated. So we can see that all of this information will go towards sexual orientation, non-discrimination, gender non-discrimination, domestic partner benefits, transgender inclusive, organizational LGBTQ competency, and public commitment to the LGBTQ community. And so they score all of them on this. And what we see is Fortune 500 companies that are not participating. If you take all of them, it's about 72% public commitment to LGBTQ. But when you get into the participating, it's about 95%. Some of those brands that need to go just a little further, like Target, like Bud Light, we're seeing what they're doing because they want a better score because that's going to lead to more money. Moolah, which goes back to what I was saying at the very top of the show yesterday, or maybe it's the second half. I started saying that there's a bunch of false equivalencies of why these businesses are doing what they're doing. They're doing it because they know they can put more cash in their pockets long-term. But what I'm looking at is the fact that some of these businesses are now seeing what the right used to say they didn't like the whole cancel culture. Well, now the right's cancel culturing. The right is doing everything that they didn't like that the left has done. Maybe you'd say they're playing the same game. Maybe you'd say that, you know, it's, it's a game that they about a day late, a dollar short to the party, but whatever you feel about it, it is certainly um, going to be something that we're all paying attention to because it's not, going away. So there's some really questionable decisions now. People at Nike, Anheuser-Busch, Kate Spade, right? They've all gotten Dylan Mulvaney as the person who's kind of virtue signaling out that what they're doing. We got really lucrative deals. Look, I'm for sale. Somebody wants to give me a lucrative deal, come right over here, Greg Bolden, America Emboldened. Uh, let's talk dollars and cents. The only thing I will tell you is I will be 100% upfront with everybody and tell everybody where the money is coming from so that way you know what has influenced what I'm going to say. I make $0 doing this. I have a $0 paycheck coming from America Out Loud. All right, I do not get paid to bring you this show. That all stated, I am supported at AmericaEmboldened.com 
by people like you, the average American, going on and hitting the donate on my Give, Send, Go or buy me a cup of coffee. That helps keep the show going. But if you're not familiar with the HRC, it started back in 1980 and the CEI started in 2002 and that was started by Kelly Robinson who worked as a political organizer for Barack Obama's 2008 presidential campaign. So companies can gain or they can lose their CEI points, but make no doubt about it. This is a left progressive movement in order to put this out there for everybody else. I'll make it clear one last time too. I have nothing against making sure that the workplace is not a hateful environment for anyone, regardless of your sexual identity, how you um, feel in the morning when you wake up. I don't care if you identify as a toaster, right? As long as you can make the bread and turn it in the toast, that's all that matters. All right, everybody, we're going to take a break right here. Hopefully I've opened your eyes up a little bit, the CEI and how this is all working. We got the debt limit talk going the second half of the show. Uh, Will we see everything going? And Jeffrey Epstein's emails... That's right. The emails, the emails, what, what the emails, sorry, a little home star runner reference there for those that get that reference. Uh, we are going to look at some names that are now dropping like Peter Thiel. That's right. He is listed in Jeffrey Epstein's little black book, uh, not little black book. He's listed in the emails of having conversations with him. And this is after he was convicted. I don't want to ruin the whole story. We'll get that in the second half of the show. As always, make sure you go to americaoutloud.com. Check out all the sponsors. They help keep the lights on here at the show. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative things. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, One thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. Welcome back, Bold American, second half of the show. Let's get straight into it. Jeffrey Epstein, there's a brand new uh, list of emails that have come out, and the Daily Mail has put out some exclusives of some of the names that are in it. Names like Richard Branson, that's right, the other billionaire who was trying to get to outer space, P. 
Peter Thiel, who is one of the Republicans' number one donors uh, over the past eight years, although he has said he's not going to be involved this election cycle, and comedian Chris Rock, uh, as well as we see magician David Blaine on this list, and so many more. Now, what's shocking about the fact that Jeffrey Epstein's calendars and emails are showing meetings with these individuals is the fact that they all show up on Epstein's calendar 13 months, 13 months of jail for Jeffrey Epstein for having sex with underage girls and labeling as a registered sex offender. Plenty of time for all these individuals while he's in jail to realize this guy is not a good dude. If you're going to be investing millions upon millions of dollars, I'm pretty sure you're going to know whether or not somebody has been in jail before, but that didn't seem to matter to Chris Rock. It didn't seem to matter to Richard Branson, Wendy Murdoch, Peter Thiel, Irina Scheich. It didn't seem to matter to people like uh, J.P. Morgan Chief Executive Jamie uh, Dimon or musical industry executive Tommy Mottola, uh, who once was married to Mariah Carey. I don't think Mariah Carey was tied to this, but just pointing that out. So we have uh, Facebook investor Sean Parker, artist Jeff Koons. All of these individuals started meeting with Epstein, going out to dinners with him, all having conversations about their finances after the prison sentence. Not before. Not before. Now, we also have some information here from Prince Andrew in the emails as well. You probably remember at the time that Prince Andrews was uh, being... uh, I guess, uh, accused by Virginia Roberts, who eventually settled for $12 million with her, but he claimed that he didn't do anything wrong. I don't believe that, but that's all right. Uh, But it seems like during the same time, he was using Prince Andrew's name with JP Morgan in order to try to get Bill Gates $100 million for elite donors and try to get that meeting on August 31st, 2011, where he spoke with uh, J.P. Morgan's Jess Staley and Mary Adros, who was a senior banker, um, and told them that basically it would be an institutional joint venture. And the timing as well, he talks about Prince Andrew and says that you know he's allowed to make money now with J.P. Morgan. And the timing of that means that he knew what was going on with Ferguson. It means Andrew must have disclosed that to him. He couldn't have made such a claim without Prince Andrew being in contact. So we know as well, that Prince Andrew was in close contact even after the jail sentence. So this is all pretty damning information that's coming out from here, but that's not all that's in the list. David Blaine. Apparently it says David Blaine was going to stop by uh, after uh, he was uh, to have dinner with Pablos Holman. Now, if you don't know who Pablos Holman is, you can look him up on uh, TED Talks. He is a uh, futurist, uh, wants to merge basically uh, technology and people, um, almost like a transhumanist, uh, but also looking at what tech will be and everything else. And he was going to have David Blaine stop by afterwards. Now, I've always thought David Blaine was a little bit uh, different, Uh, but I don't know the guy, don't know anything other than when they asked for comment, uh, Blaine did not return calls. 
uh, to be able to say what happened with that. Uh, but in that email, there is even a reminder. David Blaine's birthday is April 4th because he's going to be making an appearance. Also, uh, there was a thing about Chris Rock might be coming. And Chris Rock has now said, I didn't attend that dinner. It was a 7.30 p.m. dinner with Woody Allen, Soon Yi, Tim Zogat, Nina Zagat, Bobby Sladen, David Bremer. Um, and then it says, maybe David is not feeling well. Nick Pritzker, Nick's friend, Craig Robbins, Carnia, Martin Nowak, Jess Staley. Well, I just mentioned that name. Leon Botstein, Michael Wolf, Richard Warman, J- Jeffrey F- Epstein. That's what he put in there. And then maybe Chris Rock. So maybe Chris Rock did not attend, but here's what we do know. He had access to Chris Rock. He also had invited before another comedian. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker went on a trip to Africa with Jeffrey Epstein aboard the Lolita Express and Bill Clinton. He's on the manifest for that. Um, So this is uh, another comedian there. So whether Rock attended the dinner or not does not seem to matter here. What matters is he had the ability to make these invites after his prison sentence. He continued to have Uh, this uh, unfettered access to the elite billionaires, the hundred millionaires and help them with their finances. And JP Morgan, who right now is in the middle of this lawsuit, whether or not they were in the way of human sex trafficking and helping these young women uh, become victims. It sounds like they were well aware of what was going on and they continued their business relationship with the man even after this. Now, I covered about two weeks ago, people were saying that when you went up to his New York uh, place, he used to ask people if they minded the fact that he had young women working for him, uh, extremely young women working for him, like just turned 18 from what it sounded like uh, after his prison sentence. And some people were uncomfortable with that. Other people were okay. And you also know that he was uh, basically... Uh, getting on to Bill Gates, uh, threatening him about his affair with the Russian bridge player Mila Antonova. Um, And we also know that there was a a link between her Bill Gates and a Russian spy, Anna Chapman. It gets bigger and bigger, which goes back to the point that Chris Michaels has made, I've made, and many others, that Epstein was most likely a very uh, high profile asset for the government that monitored all these individuals had blackmail on all these individuals, kind of a a very deep um, embedding into society in order to make these things happen. And then Woody Allen, he had his own uh, issues uh, with women throughout his career, uh, harassments and everything else. And Woody Allen apparently appears multiple times, multitudes of times uh they had a very very close relationship uh back in 2013 uh so and then in 2014 as well uh we saw that peter thiel uh kathy rumler from the obama white house they were taking meetings with him um and then jess staley who i keep bringing that name up that was the chief executive jp morgan's private bank Uh, and had Epstein as a client. 
He later would become the head of a British bank, Barclays, in 2015. And in 2021, Barclays says, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, because he was linked to Epstein. And when they discovered that, they did not want him a part of them. Now, these logs that they're discovering show that Jess Staley met Epstein 31 times from 2010 until 2015, which were almost all after work hours at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Uh, they also had dinner with other people like Larry Summers, the former Treasury Secretary, and they would meet up with people like Woody Allen. They also had dinner with the Israeli Prime Minister, Yud Barak, at Epstein's house in 2013. And right before he was appointed to Barclays, uh, he emailed Epstein from the island of St. Bart's in the Caribbean. Hmm, who else was out there? Oh yeah, that's right. That's where his island was. It was right across the way. And so um, a lot of connections here coming through the emails. It's just a shame that it's taken so long for all of this stuff to happen. All of this should have been out there a long time ago so people could make the connections. Now, all this stuff 2010 on, the reason why this is all important is because in 2009, Epstein was in prison for having sex with underage girls. During that same time, Jess Staley was on the Caribbean island, Epstein's island, while he was in jail. What were you doing there? Well, he emailed that he was in a hot tub with a glass of white wine. And it's an amazing place, truly amazing. Next time when we're here together, I owe you so much and I deeply appreciate our friendship. I have few so profound. Huh. I wonder if Jess Staley was surrounded by anybody else during that moment. And apparently he liked French wine. And so <laughs> Epstein replied, always thoughts of alcohol. Staley also said to Epstein during that time, maybe they're tracking you. That was fun. Say hi to Snow White. Epstein responds, what character would you like next? And he says, beauty and the beast. And Epstein replied, well, one side is available. Meaning I bet he was getting her, him, a beauty. I bet that that was what was in the books for him. Now, there are some other individuals going on there. Uh, you probably heard me say at the very beginning that Irina Scheich was listed. She was a Russian model during that time in 2012, also was dating at the time Cristiano Ronaldo, the soccer star, uh, but he, she was taking meetings with Epstein. Um, and then there's some nicknames in here that no one really knows, but one of the names that people are speculating is the former wife of Rupert Murdoch, Wendy Mur Murdoch, she's listed September 27, 2012, and she's stopping by at 9 p.m. Ooh, hmm. That's the same time that she was still married, married to Murdoch, but she would divorce later the next year in just a few months after 14 years together. Could there have been something between Wendy Murdoch and Jeffrey Epstein? <gasps> the plot thickens. Maybe uh, <laughs> Rupert Murdoch's got a lot more to worry about than Dominion. <laughs> he might have had problems with Epstein himself. And then you got Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel uh, seems like he met a bunch about Facebook and venture capital firms. Um, and it was under people to see. Um, 
I don't know that there is much else going on from there, but it does look like he was trying to get Peter to fly with him and then things were never happening. So Peter Thiel might've escaped something major during that time. And then Tommy Mottola, the former chair of the Sony music corporation uh, has a couple different mentions in with JP Morgan being tied to him and everything else. And we're seeing this all through the wall street journal who had some of this uh, information that I reported before, as well as now the daily mail has put out some more information. So if you'd like to check that out, go to one of those sources where you can find out more information. And then we get into, uh, let's see, uh, we get into some of these other stories that are, that are popping up here that maybe you missed, maybe you didn't miss. Uh, but drones hit Moscow, literally just miles from where Vladimir Putin was. And when these drones hit, uh, they didn't do a ton of damage. I just want to ask Moscow to the Ukraine, right? I, I think I did the mileage at one point from the border of the Ukraine to Moscow. It's a long trip. I'm having trouble believing that the Ukraine is sending drones on kamikaze attacks against the Moscow region. Really having trouble believing this. And Russia is now saying, all right, you like this? Now that you do this, I will attack even harsher. You're going to attack here. There will be a counteroffensive on our, um, our watch. And so Russia now is even talking about possibly using tactical nukes in response to these drones. If tactical nukes get used in this, one, I don't believe that these drones, I keep saying this, I don't believe that these drones are from the Ukraine. I believe that some of this stuff could be a false flag attack that Russia's using to help ramp up their efforts. Um, I would love for the wreckage to be gathered to find out where did these drones come from uh, and how come they weren't intercepted long before Moscow, right? I think that seems a little bit uh, suspect. They're going to travel hundreds of miles and no one's going to intercept them in any way, shape or form. Um, and then there was a, a mushroom cloud, they said, within earshot of Putin's palace. This all just seems really carefully curated. I'm not trying to give conspiracies here, but I'm just not buying the narrative that's coming out from Russia that the Ukraine did this. I think this is an excuse. They want to use the tactical nukes, and that's not good news for any of us. And then the two last stories here today as we wrap up the show. The McCarthy-Biden debt ceiling deal uh, took uh, a step forward for vote on Wednesday. Uh, the Republicans' House Rules Committee that they have the 9-4 to four advantage in, they were able to uh, debate legislation to implement an agreement for a 7-6 vote Tuesday evening, which will mean that tomorrow, uh, sometime, well, today, Wednesday, sometime possibly by Thursday, it should be voted on. There are two people that were Republicans that were against that, Ralph Norman uh, from South Carolina and Representative Chip Roy from Texas. And then the rest were four Democrats that opposed it. This deal is uh, not looking too good. You know, they're saying that it was going to have $2 trillion in savings. But it looks like over the long term, it's adding $4 trillion to the national debt. It's continuing to increase the borrowing 
which is going to continue to bankrupt our future. I know people think that I'm crazy for what I was saying about it's time to default, but it is. This kicks the can down the road now to January 1st, 2025, after the election. Isn't that so convenient? And there were 50 amendments that were being proposed, and all of them got rejected because they felt that it would hurt the negotiated deal that they had. This is a loss for Kevin McCarthy of epic proportions. This is not a win for Republicans. This is a win for Democrats. They really did not give up much in order to see this happen. And then the last story that I think that it's interesting, I don't know where it's going, is James Comer is uh, saying that because the FBI on Tuesday, the director Christopher Ray did not give the declassified information over that they were seeking on Joe Biden, that they're going to hold him in contempt of Congress. Now, I'm not sure if you know anything about how that works, but they can't actually uh, press charges, but they can recommend charges. Um, and so what they want is these uh, documents that they're saying the Bureau will not disclose uh, that alleges that Vice President Joe Biden was in on a bribery scheme. If this was Donald Trump, this stuff would have been turned over so fast. In fact, that type of stuff was turned over so fast during his presidency. But once again, the Attorney General, the FBI, they're keeping a tight, tight lip on all of this stuff. Uh, so the committee says that they have, this is what Comer uh, said, said the committee has been clear in its intent to protect congressional oversight authorities and will now be taking steps to hold the FBI director in contempt of Congress for refusing to comply with a lawful subpoena. Now, today, Wednesday, Comer is supposed to have a phone call with Ray. Um, <laughs> the deadline was yesterday, Tuesday, to hand over the document. So what will Comer do? And will that affect the cordial conversation that they could possibly have? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Comer comes out and does a press um, conference after the fact. If so, I want to hear what's going on within all of that. Then Speaker Kevin McCarthy also said that during the interviews that he would bring a contempt of Congress resolution against raids to the House floor if it advanced out of Comer's committee. So he says if he does not act, he's not above the law. He's not above Congress and will hold him in contempt. And so Kevin McCarthy told that to Hugh Hewitt on his conservative talk show. And uh, in case you didn't hear this as well, just reading some notes from Politico, um, it sounds like they sent a separate letter from Chuck Grassley that they became aware of a potential existence of material underpinning the anti-Biden allegations from a highly credible whistleblower who reached out to lawmakers. So maybe finally somebody is going to talk. I keep asking, where are the people that are brave that want to get up and say something? You know, if you see something, say something. Well, it looks like maybe finally there's somebody out there. All right, everybody, that's it for today. It's been a beautiful Wednesday. I hope it's been good for you all. And uh, hopefully you learned something today between why corporations are doing what they're doing to what's going on with Epstein and the debt ceiling and Russia. I'll be back tomorrow to do this all again, everyone. Appreciate you listening. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.